the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There stood before me one having the appearance of a man, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Now note Daniel was seeking understanding, he's seeking the, the meaning of the, the vision. He, you know, so apparently he's praying, he's asking God to show him the meaning of this vision, which is always a good thing to do when you don't understand the scriptures. Pray. Ask God to tell you what it means, show you what it means. Ever feel like you try and try to read the scriptures but have a hard time understanding it? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he shares with you that in the book of Daniel, you learn that it's a great thing to ask the Holy Spirit for revelation. When you don't understand, instead of getting frustrated with yourself, ask the Lord what it means. Pastor Dan encourages you that God will reveal to you and give you understanding if you seek Him for it. You have the best instructor and guide residing in you, the Holy Spirit. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Alexander the the Great is important for us because he helped prepare the world for the coming of Jesus Christ and the spreading of the gospel. How so? Well, after Alexander the Great conquered all of that territory, he Hellenized it. What does that mean? He spread Greek culture intentionally And most importantly, he spread the Greek language throughout his empire. And so Greek became the common language of all the people in that day that everyone spoke. Much like English is today, most places you go in the world, you encounter people that speak English. And so when you come to the New Testament times, the New Testament was written originally in Greek because that was the language of all the people, thanks to Alexander the Great. And so for the first time in human history, there was like this common language, really since the Tower of Babel. There's this common language that everybody speaks, and so the New Testament was written in that common language of the people. It was written in Greek. But Alexander the Great is the one who made that happen. Uh, And then after the Greek Empire, you have the Roman Empire. come. They come to power, and the Romans... They brought uh, stability, uh, they, they brought peace uh, throughout their empire, and the Romans built roads connecting their entire empire, making it easy to travel throughout the Roman Empire and spread the gospel message. So between the Greek 
Empire and the Roman Empire. God used those two empires really for the spreading of the gospel message. So now look at verse 9. After Alexander's death, the Greek empire is divided among the four generals. And now we're told out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. That would be the land of Israel. And so now there's this little horn that comes out of the four division of the, 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 the division of the Greek empire. Now, this is not the little horn from chapter 7. Remember, the little horn in chapter 7 came out of 10 horns or 10 nations. This one comes out of four horns, the four horns of the Greek empire. So this is a different little horn. Okay, so keep them straight. <laughs> it's not the little horn of chapter 7. Now, this little horn sounds like this little piggy, but this little horn is referring to a guy, a person, uh, named uh, and, and Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus Epiphanes, who became a, a ruler in the second century BC. So we're talking just, you know, a, a 160 years before the birth of Christ, 170 years before the birth of Christ. Antiochus Epiphanes, he's this little horn in chapter 8, and he became a ruler in that area. He expanded, he was in Syria. He expanded south and east into the land of Israel. He became the ruler over the land of Israel. And Antiochus was one of the cruelest rulers in all of history. And he persecuted the Jewish people that were living in Israel. And he did something that no previous ruler had ever done before to the Jewish people. He made it, listen, he made it illegal for the Jewish people to practice their religion. Uh, all, the, all the previous rulers that came before him, they, they just kind of, you know, let the Jewish people do their own thing when it came to their religion. Uh, the previous rulers allowed them to do whatever they wanted. They could have their temple. They could have their priests. They could have their sacrifices. They could have their feasts and their celebrations and, and, and keep all of their their you know, Levitical laws and, and, and all of that. But Antiochus makes it illegal, and he required the Jewish people to worship the Greek gods. So he, he really wanted to Hellenize them in every way. He wanted to make them Greek in every way. And he recognized that, that Jewish life centered around the worship of Yahweh, of their God, and their temple, and their priesthood, and their sacrifices, and their law, and their customs. And so he made all of those things illegal. Again, no previous ruler had ever you know, messed with the Jews' religion before until Antiochus. And what he did is he, he removed the high priest from office. He installed his own high priest over the Jews. He outlawed the Sabbath day. He outlawed the Levitical dietary laws the foods they could eat and not eat. He said, no, you've you got to eat Greek food. You've got to eat the way that we do. He outlawed circumcision, which, of course, was the sign of the covenant between God and the Jewish people through Abraham. Any parent that circumcised their son would be put to death along with the child. Uh, he made it illegal to possess a copy of the scriptures or scroll of the scriptures. It was punishable by death. He confiscated copies of the scriptures and burned them. 
in the temple in Jerusalem, he put an end to the worship of Yahweh and the daily sacrifices, and he set up a statue of the Greek god Zeus in the temple, and he made it a temple to Zeus. No longer a temple to Yahweh, it's a temple to Zeus. And he put an altar to Zeus in the temple, and he sacrificed pigs on the altar in the temple, blaspheming God, defiling the temple. And he ordered every Jewish person living in Israel to make a sacrifice to the Greek gods or be put to death. And and again, nothing like this had ever happened before to the Jewish people. You know, the the Babylonians, they allowed allowed the Jews to continue to worship their God and keep their, their dietary laws and circumcision and Sabbath day and They just allowed them to do that. Uh, In fact, uh, the synagogues, uh, it's believed the synagogues began during the Babylonian captivity. They formed synagogues in Babylon initially. Uh, Up to this point, no no one had had ever done anything like this uh, to the the Jewish people. The previous rulers just kind of left them alone when it came to their religion. But uh, Antiochus was was evil. He even claimed to be God. And here's, here's the sad thing, and I think this is maybe part that is applicable to us. The sad thing is most of the Jewish people living in Israel, they went along with it. They just submitted to it. They they submitted to the demands. They just said, oh, okay, well, we, we won't keep the Sabbath anymore. We won't keep the dietary laws anymore. We won't circumcise our sons anymore. If, if, that, if that's what the government's saying to us, we're just, we're just going to submit to it and go along with it. And they just conformed to what Antiochus demanded. And this, this, is, this is often the case throughout church history. Many people, and, and sometimes most people who identify with God, are, are willing to compromise when they're compelled by the authorities or compelled by the government to compromise their faith. And they're willing to just give in to the demands of the government or give in to the demands of the culture and compromise their faith in God and compromise what they believe and compromise the word and uh, abandon their religious practices and their religious convictions and the ordinances of God. And under Antiochus, most of the Jewish people went along with it. No protest at all. But, but there was one small group of Jews who refused to go along with it, who just refused to give in. And they were led by a man named Judas Maccabeus and his sons. And they refused to give in to the demands of Antiochus and compromise their faith and, and they took a stand, and they actually took a stand against their Jewish brothers, and they refused to give in, and they actually fought back against Antiochus, and they actually prevailed. And they were able to cleanse the temple and rededicate the temple in Jerusalem to the Lord. It's, it's known as the Maccabean re- Revolt. And if you're taking notes, you can jot down John chapter 10, verse 22. John chapter 10, verse 22, and it says there, I'll read it to you. 
It says, now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple and Solomon's porch. So Jesus is in Jerusalem at the temple, we're told, for the feast of dedication. The feast of dedication celebrated the rededication of the temple during the time of the Maccabees. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m., I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. So Jesus, a Jew, was in Jerusalem during the Feast of Dedication celebrating the rededication of the temple that goes back to this story of Antiochus and the Maccabees resisting and fighting back and rededicating the temple, rededicating the temple back to God. So the the Maccabees, they, they became like national heroes to the Jewish people because they stood up against this tyrant and they prevailed. And so In Israel, in the years following the Maccabees, uh, many Jewish families named their sons after the Maccabees. And it's names that you guys know from the New Testament. Names like John, Simon, Judas, Matthias. Those are all names from the Maccabees. Which tells us when you look in the New Testament, you look in the Gospels, and you see the disciples that have those names... They come from families who celebrated the Maccabees and named their sons after the Maccabees. So all of that ties into this here in Daniel chapter 8. That's what's being described here with this this little horn that comes up. Verse 10 says, and it grew up to the host of heaven. It became powerful. It, It cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. It's, it's, it's talking about uh, Antiochus using force to get the Jewish people to submit to Greek culture and religion. Uh, he even exalted himself as high as the prince of hosts. And by him, look what it says, the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary, God's sanctuary, was cast down. As I said, he outlawed Antiochus outlawed daily sacrifices and the temple, and he required people to sacrifice to Zeus and to other Greek gods. And again, most Jewish people just went along with it without any protest. Verse 12 says, because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices and the temple, and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. He outlawed the daily sacrifices. He, he actually, 168 BC, he 
sends 20,000 troops into Jerusalem to put an end to the daily sacrifices in the temple, the army kills 100,000 Jewish men in Jerusalem, takes all of the women and children captive, and enslaves them. And it says he casts the truth down to the ground. The truth of God is cast to the ground. The truth of God is still being cast down to the ground in our culture. And sadly, in many churches and denominations today, the truth of God is being cast down, being cast aside. And again, you know, Daniel is seeing this, you know, 400 years before it happens. Verse 13 says, Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? He mentions the transgression of desolation. That, that was, that was uh, Antiochus you know, bringing an end to the daily sacrifices, setting up the idol to Zeus and the temple. It's described as the transgression of desolation. Now, the story of Antiochus probably sounds a little familiar if you're a Bible student, because Antiochus is a picture of the Antichrist and what the Antichrist will do. Antiochus foreshadows the Antichrist. The Antichrist, we're told, will set up a statue of himself in the temple that will be, rebuilt, re, that will be built. So we're talking about future here. He'll demand that people worship him. And it's called elsewhere in the book of Daniel, the abomination of desolation. Jesus refers to it as the abomination of desolation in Matthew chapter 24. I'll just read it to you. Matthew 24, verse 15, Jesus says to his disciples, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation. So he's talking about something future, not something that's already happened, but something future. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, in the holy of holies in the temple. Whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant, because you're going to move slowly. You're going to have to stop and use the bathroom every 30 minutes, as pregnant women do. And to those who are nursing babies in those days, again, it's going to slow you down. And pray that your flight may be not in winter, because there might be snow or icy roads, or on the Sabbath day. He's talking to people that live in Judea. Everything's going to be closed on the Sabbath day. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. So he, Jesus there, he's talking about future. He's talking about the Antichrist. And he says, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy of holies in the temple, those of you that live in Judea, run for your lives, flee to the mountains and, and pray that you're not pregnant or that you're not nursing a child or that it's not winter and snowing and that it's not the Sabbath day and everything's closed. And you can't get gas anywhere or, and run for your lives, he says, because Great tribulation is about to be poured out upon the earth. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse four. Also, Second Thessalonians chapter two, uh, ver verse three. 
It says, let no one deceive you by any means for that day. Speaking of the day of the Lord, the day of God's judgment will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. So there Paul says before God's judgment begins, before the tribulation begins on the earth, there's going to be a falling away. There's going to be many that fall away from the faith. And then the man of sin will be revealed. That's the Antichrist. He's also called the son of perdition. And then we're told the Antichrist opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this Antichrist is going to sit in the temple of God. Now, there's not a temple right now, but there's going to be a temple and he'll sit in that temple and he'll declare himself to be God and demand that he's worshipped as deity, just as Antiochus did. And then Paul says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? You know, Paul was in Thessalonica like three weeks and he talked about these kinds of things with brand new believers, right? So this description of Antiochus that we have here uh, in, in Daniel chapter 8 is also a picture of the Antichrist who will come and what the Antichrist with, will do. You know, there, with many prophecies in the Bible, uh, there is what is known as the, the near fulfillment of it and the far fulfillment of it, or a double fulfillment, where there, there's, a, there's a near fulfillment, which in this case is Antiochus, uh, and then there's a far fulfillment, which will be the Antichrist. And so verse 14, he, he asks, you know, how, how long will this be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation? How, how long will the temple be trampled underfoot under Antiochus? And he says in verse 14, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. So between the desecration of the temple by Antiochus, putting Zeus in there, demanding that Zeus be worshipped and sacrificing pigs, between that and the actual cleansing of the temple and rededication of the temple by the Maccabees, 2,300 days. Then it happened, verse 15, when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man... And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Now, note Daniel was seeking understanding, he's seeking the, the meaning of the, the vision. He, you know, so apparently he's praying, he's asking God to show him the meaning of this vision, which is always a good thing to do when you don't understand the scriptures, pray. Ask God to tell you what it means, show you what it means. And as he's praying and asking the Lord for understanding, in verse 16, Gabriel appears. For the first time now, we're introduced to Gabriel, the angel. He's mentioned here for the first time in the Bible. He's one of only two angels that is named by name. The other one is Michael, the archangel. And there's a definite article. He's the archangel. He's the only one. He's not one of the. He is the archangel. And here you have Gabriel. Gabriel's mentioned in Daniel here and again in chapter 9. And then we don't see Gabriel again in the Bible until we get to the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, it's Gabriel who appears to Zechariah in the temple to announce to Zechariah that he will have a son that he will name John, who will be the forerunner to the Messiah, John the Baptist. 
tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Daniel, verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. This book is filled with application for your life today and many amazing prophecies about what's to come in the world. Would you like to listen to more teachings in this series or explore other message series from God's Word? visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture, and we'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 9 and 11 a.m. on Sundays to worship our Savior and study His Word. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Daniel, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.